And thanks for joining us now for Until All Have Heard, a podcast from the Far East Broadcasting Company. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Ed Cannon, president of FEBC. Ed, here we are at Holy Week, and we thought it'd be very special to have a good friend join us. We didn't know he'd be joining us from Jerusalem at the time we uh, thought of inviting him, but there he is in Jerusalem. Well, yes, welcome Michael Radelnik, a good friend of mine and uh, a man who I consider a distinguished scholar of Old Testament, and particularly uh, the Passover and some of the rites, which we talk a lot about here uh, this during this Holy Week. But before we go to you, Michael, uh, you know, normally in these podcasts, Wayne and I are talking about the gospel in places like China and Indonesia, of course, the Far East. Lately, we've been talking a lot about Ukraine, which obviously is in the news a lot these days. But we just felt like here it is Holy Week. Let's take a break from that, and let's talk about the real meaning of Easter and the and and what's in the Gospels and the Old Testament pertaining to that subject. What better guest could we possibly have than my good friend Michael Rodelnik? Michael, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's and it's so fun to talk with you. I mean, we're all over the world here. I'm in Jerusalem, and you're in California, and. Uh, uh, Wayne's in Chicago. The technology is just amazing, isn't it? It, It's a gift from God, and we need to use it the best we can to please Him with what we say and what we do. Michael, our theme is Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and um, we're really looking forward to you opening the Bible with us here for a few minutes. Sure. You know, we've got the story in the Exodus about take a pure and spotless lamb. This is Because the tenth plague is coming. Moses told uh, Pharaoh, remember, let my people go, nine plagues. He refuses. Tenth plague is sort of a retribution for what the Pharaoh did to Israel when he took the the first, the, the male boys of the Israelites and wanted them killed. And so God said he would take the firstborn in Egypt, firstborn male child, firstborn male animal, uh, they would all die, but God provided a way of escape. He told Israel, take a uh, pure spotless lamb. This is in the book of Exodus. Uh, you can read about it in chapter 12, 13, 14. Uh, but in Exodus 12, it talks about how take the spotless lamb and uh, pour the blood of that lamb out and put it on the doorposts of your house. And uh, it promises that when God promised that when he went through the land of, of Egypt uh, to enact judgment, he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And uh, that, that is what exactly what he did, and he delivered Israel that way. And what's so amazing is today at a Passover Seder, we don't eat lamb usually, especially the, the Western and European Jewish tradition does not eat lamb because we don't want to confuse it with having had a sacrifice. We don't sacrifice in traditional Judaism anymore. And instead, on the Seder plate, the Passover meal, there's a plate that has symbolic elements on it. And one is the shank bone of a lamb. And uh, the shank bone of a lamb is there to remind us of that Passover sacrifice. And I, I truly believe that when the Lord Jesus came to be immersed in water by John the Baptist, uh, John the Baptizer. And he looked at him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
it was that that image from the book of Exodus. Uh, here's the Lord Jesus, Yeshua in Hebrew. He was without sin, just as that lamb was pure and spotless. Judgment was coming on all, but if we would take his blood when he died, uh, later was raised, but if we would apply his blood by faith to the doorposts of our hearts, God promised he would pass over judgment. And there's no condemnation for those who have done that because he has passed over judgment for sin that we deserve, but it's because it was paid for by the Lord Yeshua, Jesus. You know, Michael, I love what you just said, and I'd never heard it phrased that way before. Place the blood on our hearts, symbolic of the blood on the door frames during the original Passover, so that evil would pass by us and judgment would uh, forego us because of his blood on our hearts. I love that example. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, that's the heart of the Passover, and it's really the heart— uh, of the message of the of the good news about Yeshua, about Je- I'm, I'm in Israel, so I keep saying Yeshua. I'm That's sorry. Okay. Uh, his Hebrew name is Yeshua, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah. But that's the heart of the gospel, the good news that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. In First Corinthians chapter five, Paul writes, "For Messiah, our Passover, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed for us." So. That imagery that I just mentioned, I think Paul had that in mind as well. Mm. Yeah, he's the ultimate Passover lamb. So what message, Michael, do you see uh, for our world today to remind us of those days? And it was so clear in the minds of the people, of course, on the Exodus. They had just seen what had happened, how God had spared them from Pharaoh and from Egypt and captivity. And now uh, we are captive to our sin captive to this sinful and evil world, and Christ is the sacrifice that allows us to have this uh, freed from our lives. How do you see that we remind people today of the value of this message? Well, you know, I I really truly believe that many cultures have had a sacrificial system, I think, but they have corrupted the truth of the biblical sacrificial system. The many cultures would sacrifice animals to try and allay the whims of capricious gods. Uh, you know, they, they, they were unstable and unpredictable, and we just have to satisfy them, and we're, we're just going to send these animals and have them die, and maybe that will keep them from behaving in a, in a way that is uh, harsh upon us. And so I think a lot of people have that in their heritage. They know about this. But that is really a corruption because what sacrifice was, it pointed to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. And it wasn't a capricious God that required that. It was a righteous God who was going to judge sin justly, righteously. And so it seems to me that what what this message is, that God said, I must judge sin, therefore I will take the judgment. He sent God the Son. God the Father sent God the Son, uh, who then takes the punishment for us. It wasn't because God was capricious. It's because he was 
righteous. And it, it wasn't that he wanted, those animals were just pointing us forward to the day when the Messiah would come and he would be the only sacrifice that would ever take away sin. And then he would be raised from the dead, proving that his sacrifice was acceptable to God. And so it's a, it's a great story. But how do we communicate that? I think we are, people always live under the pile of guilt. That people feel guilty all the time. And it, and it doesn't matter what culture people are from. Uh, I think whatever the, the culture is, I've because you know I live in this great international city, Chicago, where I meet people from all kinds of cultures, and it's so interesting when you talk with anyone from any culture, any religious faith background, or even no faith background, they're feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a good enough parent. I wasn't a good mm-hmm. enough spouse. I was, uh, I I've I failed. I wasn't a, I wasn't a good child, and the message is. Of course, that's true. We're all guilty, but there's one who paid for our guilt. And that's what we need to, I think, communicate at this season. Yeah. You know, you made a very good point about different cultures and and so many of these different cultures having sort of a sacrificial basis. As I travel through primarily Buddhist countries, I see people every morning putting uh, offerings to the small little temples, lighting incense, lighting candles, bowing down to a small little altar of some God that I don't understand. I see the same thing in India as people are laying at the feet of these giant statues of the Hindu gods, offerings and sacrifices, food, fruit, um, once again, incense. The same in countries like China, where they're putting offerings down to their uh, deceased relatives as an offering to them. And you're right. So many cultures have this misconception of uh, that those offerings are somehow washing them of the guilt that you point to. So it's just a blessing, Michael, to be able to communicate to those people that there is only one offering that's going to make a difference. That's the offering that they give by placing their faith in Christ, and He takes the offering for them. He bore the burden of their sin, and through faith in Him, He will forgive them and remove the guilt. Great reminder. I love I love the book of Hebrews because— it presents Jesus not only as our high priest, the one who presents the offering, but the actual offering himself. Right. Mm, and yeah. then in Hebrews 9, it talks about he's the one that cleanses our consciences uh, from all our guilt. Yeah. And provides a new and living way. A new and living way to know God. That, that, that's a great message. And, you know, by the way, I, I was not all that well-versed in the ministry of FEBC. Uh, but in recent years, I guess since, uh, Ed, since you went out and began to serve with FEBC, I've learned far more about it. And I'm, you know, we joked about technology, but one of the things I love about contemporary technology is that we can take a very traditional message, uh, one that's rooted in scripture and communicate this message. That's the only message that can give hope. And so, I'm just amazed when I think about how many people through FEBC, through all the radio programs and podcasts and all the media that that is produced, 
then can hear a message that will transform their lives. Yeah. I'm thrilled. It's the gift of technology. And you know, Michael, for thousands of years, I feel like God has arranged things in such a way to get his gospel out. You know, he said, in the fullness of time, he sent his son, meaning everything in the world was prepared in the fullness of time. The roads were built in the Romans. The Greek language had had spread through the entire world, so there was an ability to communicate and through uh, various trade platforms. People were mixing all around the world, which made it possible for those early few disciples to spread the word quickly throughout the old times, even up until today, as God has prepared shortwave radio, AM and FM radio, and now the internet and Zoom platforms and social media. These are tools that God has arranged so that we have the ability to proclaim the gospel around the world. And actually, what a perfect time to thank God for gifts like technology is during the Holy Week. He sent his son, and his son is the only message of salvation in this world. And then he's given us this foundation by which we can proclaim it and declare it to all people. And I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful, Michael, for your friendship and your partnership in this extraordinary work. The amazing thing to me about the technology is something that you mentioned about the Greek language. But in the second century BC, a Greek king of Egypt, Ptolemy, wanted to build a great library. That was a thing that the Hellenistic world wanted. And he had the Hebrew Bible translated into Greek. So when the apostles went around the world with the Greek language, they had a Bible that people could understand. That's just so amazing when you think about it, that that Greek king, he never thought of that as what God would do with it. But the Septuagint, the Greek translation, was the latest in technology when you think about it in the first century. And it, 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 it gave the people a Bible that they could read and understand. And that's why there was such a fruitful ministry among people who had no Jewish background, but they had that Bible that they could read. I think that that's really remarkable. Uh, Technology, the latest form of it right there. So, Yeah, right. Technology comes from different forms. And we're so thankful. That's a great thought, Michael. Thank you for that. And Ed, thank you. But, you know, we've been uh, presuming upon uh, what is a a long day for Michael here. And I'm so grateful for your time there to spend with us in Jerusalem. But why don't you you lead us in prayer and thank the Lord for this new and living way that he's provided for us and the technology to proclaim that message. Yes. Thank you, Father, for the new and living way. That's a great description for the book of Hebrews that the Lord Jesus has opened for us so that we can experience forgiveness from God and a clean conscience. Uh, God, thank you that the Lord Jesus died for us and rose again, and he's our great intermediator, mediator right now. Uh, Lord, thank you that in the first century there was the latest technology that got that message out, and in our age it can go further because of this gift of technology. Lord, I pray for FEBC. I pray for all of us who are in this ministry of the word, getting the good news out. Lord, I pray that you would continue to use this to advance the good news among the nations. Lord, thank you for this. In the name of our Messiah, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Michael, thanks so much for joining us all the way from Jerusalem. I pray that tomorrow you'll have a a great day visiting the sites in the Holy Land. And thanks so much for adding to the discussion that we've got when this week we're celebrating Holy Week here in the United States and all around the world. God bless you, and I'll look forward to seeing you soon. Just remember, someday, you and me, we're going to be in Jerusalem together. So I look forward to that day. Maybe next year. Yeah, whether it's the current Jerusalem or the new Jerusalem, one way or another, we'll make it there. Maybe next year in Jerusalem. Yeah. Hey, guys, can I tag along? Sure. That'd be great, Wayne. That'd be great. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of the Far East Broadcasting Company. More information, of course, at our website, febc.org, including the latest information from around the world of what God is doing through this ministry. So thank you for listening. Our thanks to our producers, Joe Carlson and Jonathan Mortiz. I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to Until All Have Heard.